just a heads up that the following podcast does contain all the spoilers. Hey kid, do you want to talk about the most famous movies ever? Yeah, which one? Definitely not Lord of the Rings. Those movies are garbage. Yeah. Hi, welcome to the Corrupted Youth Podcast. I'm Dan. I'm Brennan. We're a father and son duo that explores the latest blockbusters, classic genre films, and the schlockiest of golden age VHS rental store flicks in spoiler-heavy fashion. Yeah. That's right. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yep. I guess the title probably may not be obvious to everyone, as this is our Life Day Bonanza, which will be a series of three episodes in the month of December where we discuss every theatrical Star Wars movie from the main saga. Skywalker saga. Yes. We're skipping Solo and Rogue One because we don't have that much time to watch that many movies. <laughs> it's a lot of movies. It is. And part of the thing that, like, my thing with it is, is just I rewatched these movies. I went, tried to go into it with an open mind. Mm -hmm. As if I'm watching them for the first time. Not letting a lot of things that I didn't like bog me down. <laughs> yeah. But it's just going to be a general discussion. But before we get into that, we also have some news. Don't look at me. You're the <laughs> manager. Well, I thought maybe you'd have like a little quip. But we are moving from Podomatic to Podbean. Hopefully Apple Podcasts has transitioned seamlessly, I hope. Everything's on fire. Everything. <laughs> Well, we're going to leave the Podomatic kind of running for a little bit, just in case anybody hasn't been aware of this change. So odds are, if you listen to us on Podomatic and you did not hear the Return of Swamp Thing episode, you should probably go listen to oh, elsewhere. Yeah. Okay, yeah, if you're listening to this on, on Podomatic right now, just forget about it. Move on. Look, we're all moving on here. So as far as the why, it's just a matter of us being able to provide you dongles with more content in the long run. And you should still be able to get new episodes on Spotify and, you know, Apple Podcasts, possibly elsewhere. Who knows? The dark side has clouded our ability to see the future. Oh, I see what you did there. You roped it all in I together. So yeah, that's leading us into our life day bonanza. In order when they occur in the timeline, starting with The Phantom Menace and ending with The Rise of Skywalker. Oh. Oh. <laughs> He's oh. not looking too forward. Look, are you looking forward to... Are you hopeful? I am hopeful. I just want it to be fun. I want it to be a good story. Yes. That's what I want. That's part of the fun. Yeah, a, a well-written story. So as we discuss these movies... The kind of we kind of wanted to keep it to some main kind of 
topics, you know, like the story, what works, what doesn't work. How are the effects and the design work in these movies? How many Jar Jar poopy jokes are there? You know, like what's our what's our favorite scene or scenes from these movies? Like Jar Jar poopy scenes. And then we're going to end the whole thing. Jar Jar? I mean, when I say the whole thing, we're going to end each episode playing a game of Three Lies, One Truth, Wikipedia edition. Yeah. So I, I had this idea where we would... We, we're going to pick a movie, we're going to pick a character that is featured primarily in that movie. It could be, you know, just rando dude in the background, but, you know, he's in this movie. So, you pick the character, and then you go on Wikipedia, and you find one crazy truth from Legends. We're not counting canon. Canon's all the stuff that's official. Legends is all, like, the wacky comics and stories and everything and, yeah and that's where things really just kind of went bonkers and yeah everything is really wacky and not always the best written material. no no so we pick one truth from it and then we make up we make up um three lies that sound like they're true and then we have to guess which one is the truth sounds like fun so half in your pad racer and let's go yippee Phantom Menace, kicking it off. Yeah, kicking it off with the Phantom Menace. Do we, do we refer to these as episode one? I feel like just the movie title alone. Let's call it episode one because that's shorter than the Phantom Menace. I don't know. Whatever. We'll just do whatever we want. Yeah. We're kind of running this pretty unscripted. So. <laughs> as usual, we're not the best, but we're definitely... Not Jar Jar stepping in poo. So where should we start? What works, what doesn't work. Um, I do have some notes that I, I'm going off of. I think that what what works about The Phantom Menace for me, and when, as I, I didn't really watch this one growing up a lot. It really wasn't, you know, it's not always Phantom Menace. I don't think we even owned it on DVD, so as the years went on, it became harder and harder to watch it. So... I'd say what really stands out to me is that it doesn't follow, it isn't like any other Star Wars story in its structure. So I feel like, you know, all too often they like to repeat the same story beats as other movies. And I think this one really stands out because it has a, a very original story from beginning to end. It doesn't really, you know, there's no Hoth battle. <laughs> yeah. And that's an interesting point to bring up too because. I grew up with Star Wars, you the original trilogy, and I've seen them all theatrical in their in a theatrical release. Um, granted, I was only like two when the first one came out, but as far as I know, I was told I was taken to it. So you saw it, I guess. Yeah. So having new Star Wars after so long was a pretty exciting time. Nobody really knew what to expect. Yeah. I mean. In those days, it wasn't like now where you can just order a ticket and you reserve your seat online at a movie theater. I'd just sit, I'd take a day off of work to stand in line to buy tickets. What that's thinking? <laughs> and it was, I mean, there were people camping out in tents for weeks just to buy a ticket. I mean, it was a big deal. This is a very huge thing. So when it came out, there was definitely an air right away of when I was watching it just going like, what? Like, you just didn't know what was going to happen. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, you kind of knew like, oh, you're going to get all these characters and you're going to see how they get to wherever they're going. But really, it was just really weird. It felt odd. And a lot of this movie doesn't help with the odd feeling. I also feel like The Phantom Menace has a it has a weird feeling about it. Like it doesn't it thematically and like tone wise, it's different than every other Star Wars movie. That one it really Phantom Menace stands alone has this weird aesthetic to I, it. Yeah, it's a weird aesthetic. Like even I noticed with um the cinematography in it was really odd. It reminded me of like like I don't know like um Stargate, you know, just a bad like 90s very static shot, bad lighting, kind of weird acting. It just reminded me a lot of that. Like just the way that everything was shot. It it just felt cheap in a way. Well, you have to figure too, George Lucas didn't direct anything since the original Star Wars. Yeah. So he had a very long time in between. Yeah. And I think that's weird too, especially because those the original trilogy is shot pretty well, especially with the limited technology that they had. You know, going into the 90s, I don't even know how much new technology there was. And then Phantom Menace comes and what do we get? We get camera A, camera B, over the shoulder shot of talking, other over the shoulder shot of talking, static lighting. It was just very odd. All the original trilogy movies were directed by different people too. Yeah. But there was kind of... Kind of a cohesive feel, yeah, for sure. To it, I mean, the original one, I guess you could say, definitely has its own distinct feel being from the 70s. Mm-hmm. Once you move on, it still kind of just feels the same, yeah. And I also feel it doesn't help with the effects either. The fact that I guess we'll get to the effects later, it's a separate topic, but I think it plays into how the movie is shot because I think it was. I don't know. It, I feel like it was more used in a look at this cool effects thing instead of it being used in like more of a storytelling purpose, you know? Oh, I agree. Like the trench run in the original Star Wars, crazy setup, but it was it served a really good story purpose, you know? We're seeing all the X-Wings, we're like, oh, the drama, these X-Wings are getting shot down. And this cool effects shot, a million CGI Gungans, but it doesn't provide anything to this story. Yeah, I get what I get. I get what you're saying with that. Yeah, where, yeah, the the effects are more effects and not necessarily in service to the story, mm-hmm. and they're kind of coming out a little more to the forefront, and they're more distracting. I mean, you could even say that with changes that were made in the special edition, where you could see Especially that New happening. Hope. Yeah, like literally, like it'll be oh, here's Tatooine. Oh, look up there, just in their little sand speeder, and then just a big dinosaur looking thing will just walk in front of the camera a droid just floats in to view yeah it's like hey look at this cgi rendered character isn't he pretty cool no i totally understand what you're saying that about that but um yeah i mean as far as this goes i mean you have the opening crawl and it's like trade routes what (laughs) like and i don't necessarily think that bringing the galactic politics into these movies is bad no in fact i actually really enjoy the galactic politics yeah it does get a little more interesting later on but i know i know a lot of people bag on that but i honestly don't think it's the worst but it definitely shouldn't be part of your opening crawl and it it, it tends to be a, a lot i also feel that 
as far as like the the original trilogy, at least for the for a new hope, it was almost a weird commentary on the Nixon administration because, you know, Nixon was super corrupt and you have all these they were just bad people running the government. And then you come to the the prequels and that's more weird it it's hard to describe, but so like George Lucas doesn't have his younger ideals anymore. He's older and he's more into politics. Yeah. More into Yeah, it had that feel and I don't I don't know who was the president when the Phantom Menace came out, but I assure you, whatever issues were happening at that time are reflected by the issues happening in the Senate, in the Galactic Senate. Because I, I feel like that's how instead of, you know, the original trilogy representing more of an evil government, although loosely not nearly as much political commentary versus the prequels, which is definitely a lot more. And I think that it does have to play with him being older and the politics of the time. It just gave it a different feel. Well, Bill Clinton was still president, but you also had take the character of Newt Gunray, Mm -hmm. where his name, Newt Gunray, comes from Newt Gingrich and Ronald Reagan. Yeah. And obviously meant to be a bad guy. Yeah. So, yeah, the politics do play a part in it. You know, I also think that the biggest flaw of this movie, which then trickles down into the next two, is definitely young Anakin. Mm -hmm. I don't feel that Anakin should be 10. No. It doesn't make any sense to me. And I know you're probably sick of me talking about it lately yeah but i mean for the sake of the the viewers yeah the viewers the viewers hey look at us wow look at what i'm doing isn't that crazy (laughs) whoa put that away brennan oh gee trying to pull out a ham sandwich and rub it on his face it was totally weird okay well you know it would have been a cool trick all right Uh, yeah no well if they could actually see you it would be funny i farted (laughs) great (laughs) Okay, so, I mean, I know everybody has these, like, this is how I would change Star Wars. Yeah. I mean, everybody does, so yeah, this is my moment, okay? I'm on my soapbox now. I think that Anakin would have been better off at, say, like, 16, 17 years old at the time, considering you also have, like, he's supposed to develop this relationship with the Queen of Naboo. Mm Mm-hmm. And granted, yeah, they're only like four years apart, but still, it's kind of weird. It's weird. It's definitely, it's it's especially weird in The Phantom Menace. We'll we'll get to that. We'll get to weird. We're going to get to weird. But yeah, if he was more like a rebellious street racing teen who was powerful in the force, didn't realize it, was using these innate abilities to serve himself, Mm -hmm. and to have him be taken on a path where he's supposed to be good but then just falls victim to just who he is as a person it's like the the bad boy you know the rebel without a cause Mm -hmm. something like that where they really kind of are good people but they just make bad decisions yeah and i like that idea and while i i think people think that anakin had no signs of evil in the Phantom Menace, which he doesn't have any signs of evil, but what he does have signs of is like attachment. Because I notice a lot he's 
He's wanting to, you know, save people. He's wanting to, you know, constantly be helping people, which in a weird way is the attachment that ends up leading to his downfall in the end. So it's almost like this weird setup where showing that how much he cares about people in turn is what makes him evil. Well, it would have been better if he was just innately just kind of a crummy kid. You can even, <laughs> even if you have him at 10, just have him be like mean, you know, but I get where George Lucas was coming from with making Anakin so innocent little mop head, you know, how is this guy going to become Yeah, the, the like Hitler of the galaxy? Yeah. I see your point. I find it valid. You know, we should address the, the darkest part of this movie, <laughs> Jar Jar. Mm-hmm. Watching it this time, I've I've never been a fan of Jar Jar. I just think he doesn't give anything to the story whatsoever. No. But watching it this time around with an open mind, I really have to say, he was worse than ever. Yeah, he's not very good. I think the movie, up until they meet Jar Jar, is not that bad, actually. But Jar Jar, he just... He would have been funny in that one scene where, you know, Qui-Gon saves him from the MTT, the, you know, the, the ship thing. I'm going to say technical, I'm going to say the names of the vehicles a lot too much probably, but, but like, after that scene of like, oh, I'm Jar Jar, I'm funny, you saved me, blah, 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 I'll take you to Naboo, or to the Gungan City. They go to the Gungan City, that's it. That's all you need him for. That's all he does. Yeah. That's and for only... whatever reason, they just keep dragging they him just, along. They're yeah. finding excuses. Like, oh, like, you know, we need a guide through the planet core. Okay. No, you didn't. Mm. You let the force guide you. They even say that. Yeah. We'll let the force guide <laughs> us. Yeah. I do like how Qui-Gon pulls the Jedi mind trick on the Boss Nass. Yeah. The big Gungan leader guy. I should have done my facts about Boss Nass. <laughs> uh. Well. Womp womp. Too bad you missed out on that one. Um. But uh, yeah, I mean, what do you what do you feel about like the Jedi? How they're represented in this? I think they're, and they do it more in the next movies. I feel like they're, I think they fulfill their roles of being the peacekeepers. Qui Gon's a good example of that. Like Qui Gon just has this nobility and just this like, he just helps other people. He doesn't get attached to them, but he just helps them, you know. And he's very he he has this weird I don't know how to describe. Well, even like how he's not willing to, I didn't come here to free slaves. Yeah. He's just very set in stone, but he's still like a peacekeeper. He's not changing anything. He's maintaining what's already there. I think that's how the Jedi, and also I feel like with the Force, I think it was interesting. There's a lot of like, for example, when they're going through the planet core, let the Force guide us, you know, just weird stuff like that weird or like visions in the future there's a lot of that and that's not brought up too much in the original trilogy no i don't know i I find them they're kind of dull in this they don't seem very interesting i think and i think they definitely get more interesting later on later on for sure but yeah in this one i think they're still trying to figure it out and they come off like too religiously yeah you're really gonna let your kid run off with this creepy space priest i think obi-wan is the best part of this movie everything anytime obi-wan is on screen i'm happy yeah he's he's such a i think throughout the entire trilogy he's well written i think he 
he never really falters too much. I think episode two, which is terribly written, he does falter. But episode one, he has really funny lines. Yeah. He's a good comedic relief, but you can tell he has a lot of character. He isn't just there to be funny. He's there because he's a good character. Yeah. And even his humor is like, it's a little dry. Yeah. But that's what makes it fun. Yeah. Because like, he's in a serious situation, but he's just going to be a little sly and he's going to say a little sneaky line. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, he kind of has fun. Yeah, he's just adventures. Mm-hmm. You can tell, like, even if it's like a bad situation, he's still just like, I don't know. He's, I feel like he's kind of like me playing D and D. You know, <laughs> I could run into a ransacked village and make a joke. Like, I don't know. Like, it's just that sense of like fun. But he, at the end of the day, he still really cares about people and Anakin. Yeah, he's still a good person. <laughs> Unlike me running into a ransacked village in D and D, and I'm like, ooh, loot the grandma. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like Obi-Wan, very cool. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to agree with you on that one. I mean, I guess like Podrace is kind of cool. Podrace is pretty fun. I mean, it has has neat things. I like the sand people sniping at him. Yeah. Um, I, do not, I do not care for a lot of the aliens in this movie, especially the Podracers. I get that humans weren't adept at pod racing yeah but i feel that like a lot of the aliens and that's part of the problem i have with this in general is that some of these aliens are just too cartoonish for their own good i mean the original star wars had a wolf man in it that got cut (laughs) (laughs) but i mean that's cool i mean there's all sorts of different aliens you can do but i feel like they just went whoa we can do whatever we want now cg Whoa. But they just went like a little too overboard with some of these guys. Which is kind of a shame because if you look in the background, especially like on Tatooine and stuff, there's some really fun aliens, really fun people, really weird dressed people that are just kind of weird. Like when we first see Saboba, there's a guy sitting at the table with them, weird, just super weird costume, just stares in the distance <laughs> I know, the yeah, entire yeah. time. <laughs> That's good. That makes me go, what's up with that guy? That guy's kind of weird. But, you know, if you bring out a long neck alien that's speaking gibberish and then just crashes his pod racer, I don't care. Yeah, and the two-headed guy commenting on the race, I don't why like he, that guy. No, he has a dumb voice, and then why does his other head alien language? It's stupid. Yeah, I it's mean, like... It's very dumb. Sebulba's not bad. Sebulba's fine. Like, he's, yeah, he's acceptable. He's something different. I, he looks villainous. I do like how he's just trying to murder this 10-year-old boy. Oh, yeah. That's pretty fun. <laughs> I like that. I like movies that have the balls to have a character just constantly attempting murder on a child. Yeah, that's pretty fun. What I don't <laughs> like is that little Rodian boy. Right. If you're going to have all these CG aliens in here, why not just... Why, I mean, no offense to using little people and stuff, but it doesn't... doesn't look like the little boy Rodian. No, it doesn't. It just looks like... It looks like a weird... It looks like a little person Rodian. Yeah. I mean, it, but he's supposed to be a child. So that, that just seemed like an odd choice. Like, he's barely in it. You could have just made him CG. And I can't believe that in a deleted scene, that little boy was supposed to be Greedo. I cannot believe that that was not only written, but also shot. 
that you can find it. It's just like I forget what I think Qui-Gon just says like, oh, stop causing trouble, Greedo. Like Don't be greedy, Greedo, whatever. Uh okay. Well let's keep moving on here. Darth Maul is obviously super cool. Super awesome. Underutilized. Yes. Thank you, Clone Wars, for making it <sighs> good. Yeah, well, we're not here to talk about Clone Wars. Although, if you get a chance, I recommend watching the show. Very good. It's good ancillary material that helps clean things up a little bit. Yeah. We got another thing with the storyline, too. Of like, I don't know. I always wondered, like, if this whole Darth Sidious slash Palpatine stuff, like, did that fool anyone who wasn't didn't know about Star Wars? Yeah, I'd say so. It's hidden well enough. I mean, at least in this one it is. Yeah, I think even... I mean, it's episode, blatantly obvious. Episode, episode two, maybe. Episode three, for sure. I, I think episode three, everyone kind of probably started to catch on. All the Obviously, any Star Wars fan, would they just knew right away. But it definitely is the start of everything is connected to everything. Everybody knows everyone type of business. You know what I mean? I mean, it works in this, but it's kind of like the... Get ready for some fan service, everybody. <laughs> We're going to give it to you in the next one. Just you wait. I think it's dumb that, like, Obi-Wan was hanging out with Palpatine. I just think that's weird. Something about that. I feel like the universe is so big that you're telling me that Obi-Wan Kenobi is just chilling out with the, the future Emperor. Well, that's what I'm kind of saying. Like, the Emperor should have been... You can make him a politician. I think the, I think Palpatine's really cool throughout this whole trilogy. It's yeah. fun to see his rise. But I just... I think it should have been more disconnected. You can have him, you know, you know, talking to Anakin because that's how Anakin ends up falling. So that's fine. But I don't know. It's just kind of weird. Overall, I don't. I think the story could have gone through like another rewrite or something. For sure. I think the ending is too choppy. Yeah. The ending is. It cuts. Like, I don't. I don't know, there's this point in this part where there's this whole sequence of, like, Padme and the guards, and they go and they, they like, stop New Gunray. Oh, and, like, yeah. And, like, they, like, you know, that whole and part. And there's, a, like, a weird fake-out part in it. Yeah, it's just, and while we're cutting, we're cutting between Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon Jinn fighting Darth Maul, which is easily one of the best duels in all of Star Wars. I think it's really good. Yeah, I don't think a lot of people can really dispute that. No, it's it's amazing. If you do dispute it, please don't write in to corruptedyouthpod no. at gmail.com. We'll just put that in the garbage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, speaking of that scene with Padme and the guards going around, it has like the worst flub in the movie. I, I, I noticed it the first time I watched it. I can't stand it because Padme's gun makes a very specific spock noise, right? It's like spark, spark. Right. Sure. And the guards' guns make whatever blaster noises. And there's a scene they go up, they use she's using a guard's gun, right? Yeah. Because they have like the grapple. The grapple on it. Mm -hmm. They grapple up, she shoots the window out, and it makes the squawk noise. It's not the noise that gun should make. It's just a weird flub. Nobody probably cares about it, but I can't let it go. Every time I watch it, it bothers me so much. And it's the, probably the dumbest thing to focus on. Yeah. But it, you'd think on a movie that costs like... However much. Yeah. Millions. 
yeah, who knows? I'm not looking up that information. Well over $100 million. You'd think somebody would be like, Hey, wait a minute. That's not right. I also think Anakin taking down an entire Luger Hulk by himself. The big donut thing for all of our pleb fans, all of our, all of our fake fans out there. <laughs> it's kind of... Like, they, he just shoots, like, one little, like... It's just like a wall panel. It's like some generators on a wall. He shoots it with a starfighter, and the whole thing explodes. Yeah. Didn't even cripple it. The whole thing, it, like, Death Star style, explodes. And the whole thing, too. I mean, this movie, like, is definitely at fault for having the... All you gotta do is blow up one thing, and then all the other things stop working. Yeah. Like, that's such a cheap cop out on a writing a story it worked in this movie because it was like one of the first times it was done well yeah that you know of but like you know i do think that trope i thought it was really annoying in avengers especially because it's like the chitauri are just living things why does that kill them all since when do these living it makes sense for droids because they need that yeah. constant communication I mean, it makes sense but i still feel it's a cop out yeah just uh just instantaneously end the conflict but yeah, I'm, it does make sense, but I still don't like it. I still think it's a dumb idea. As far as like the effects in this movie go, I feel that for the most part they hold up. They still look pretty decent in most things. The physical effects, the CGI effects are not good. Some of them aren't bad. I mean, Jar Jar is not the worst looking, especially when you take in the time period. Yeah, but you know his design is stupid. His design's stupid. I'm not. I'm not considering whatever time period this is in because you know that Lucas Arts has more than enough money to make a special edition and fix um, all this. Believe you me, in industrial light and magic, Lucas Arts is the video game division. <laughs> but you know what I mean. Yeah, I know what you mean. So the effects are bad. The I think all the practical effects are really good, like the the cruiser that gets blown up in the beginning. Yeah. That looks really good. Yeah. And you can tell, like, some of the droid bits that fall. Yeah. Were practical. Yeah. And that's pretty neat. You know, just maybe enhanced with CG to make them glow or whatever. Uh-huh. And that, that's fine. I mean, yeah, like, the droids better off in CG. I don't think they look super terrible, but it's definitely, like, in this movie and definitely in the next one, Whenever they walk on stuff, it looks like, if you look at their feet, it doesn't look very good. Oh, I thought we figured out a really cool practical effect. effect. Well, watch your language. Yeah. <laughs> uh, effect was um, was naked C-3PO. Oh, yeah, that one was pretty cool. Yeah. But that was a guy with, like, a puppet. Yeah. Very just... cool. Little, little spinny thing in his head. I, I liked all the detail, all the wires and stuff. Pretty neat. Yeah. The design work in this... Is just, it feels off. I get that they wanted it to seem different because it's a different era, but technology doesn't really go that far in Star Wars. Doesn't advance. Naboo can look different. Yeah. And that's one thing. But like, even the Gungan stuff, it feels like too almost outlandish. Yeah. Like, why do they have weird energy orbs? Yeah. What's up with that? I mean, it's not that you Stupid. can't have different things, but you're trying to like new Star Wars, get people loving Star Wars. Hey, you already love it, but. Everything feels off, and it really stunk around that time, too, because there was so much merchandise everywhere, Yeah, and even all that just kind of looked like garbage. You know, I th 
like those lightsabers they have in this too that I are specifically mind, yeah. toyetic qui-gon's is stupid you got I think the big is red dumb. button on it yeah and stuff. i don't mind anakin or obi-wan's obi-wan's isn't that it's bad. better better it's still very i kind of compare toyetic. i compare the the design work in this it kind of reminds me of looking at um creatures in the cambrian explosion like this era before the dinosaurs when life just kind of started out it just looks weird like you can tell where it's going you know you can you can kind of see but it's just so odd and it doesn't fit with what you're used to which is you know big dinosaurs <laughs> it just it just doesn't look you know it's earth creatures but there's just something that just it just isn't there so do you have a favorite scene? Oh, well, Obi-Wan, Qui-Gon Jinn, Darth Maul battle. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I already mentioned the sand people sniping. I, like, I really like that. <laughs> Even though it's so brief. Yeah. I like it. It was just a fun little extra something. But I, I really liked um, that whole, the whole fight. I liked how Obi-Wan was trapped behind the, the ray shields. And then you'd have start and stop. You need to watch Qui-Gon die. And then like. You know, Darth Maul staring at him, but Obi Wan like wants to give into that anger. You can see it, but he's a good Jedi, so he like stops and he calms himself, and then he goes in the back. Like, there's a lot of small details like that. Yeah, there are, which I I really enjoy. I also really like um Darth Maul as a whole. I think his double bladed lightsaber or his saber staff is pretty cool. I also really like his fighting style. He puts in a lot of like punches and kicks, like he even butts uh. Qui-Gon with his lightsaber and then gets a shot in, like stabbing him through the chest. That's pretty neat. You don't really see that. I think that was that was and obviously the music too. Duel of the Fates is amazing. Yeah, I think it's safe to say all the music is good in all the movies just because John Williams. He's fantastic. Yeah. Rest in peace in like, you know, two years. He's, <laughs> oh, man. he's getting there. He's pretty old. Oh man. Um, anything else you'd like to add before we move on? Oh, um, don't, don't blame, um, Anakin for his bad acting. Blame George Lucas, because I watched stuff that that kid's in before The Phantom Menace. Really not that bad of an actor. He really isn't that bad. George Lucas, maybe just not the best director, because, you know, a good director would, you know, see his really bad acting are you an angel? And go, cut, we're going to redo that scene. That was terrible. Stupid kid. Doing it again. <laughs> but inside George Lucas is like, oh, that, that was pretty good. And then ke- keeps it. Or the bad, like, random ADR that was added in. Like, the yippee! Not needed. It just, just weird stuff like that. So don't blame, don't blame the kid for that. Get, he, get, he got too much hate. Now his life is ruined. Same with Jar Jar actor. He did a fine job. He had a really weird role. Got a bunch of hate for a character he did not create. Attack of the Clones. Attack of the Clones. Well, this movie's mostly dull. You know, let me wrap up the whole story. Um, Obi-Wan and Anakin see Padme for the first time in, like, what, 14, or not 14, like, nine years, whatever. Ten years, I think it is. Whatever. Um, people are probably going to try to assassinate Padme. Surprise, they do. Then it starts a mystery plot with... They do assassinate her. <laughs> I wish. Um, uh, where Obi-Wan's trying to find this mysterio- mysterious um, bounty hunter. And Anakin is tasked with protecting Padme. 
then Obi-Wan finds the clones on Kamino, finds the bounty hunter, chases him to Geonosis where they're producing the droids. Padme and, Padme and Anakin go to Tatooine. Oop, Anakin mom die. Oh, oh. Then they go to Geonosis. And then the final battle happens. <laughs> and that's the end of the movie. But it's somehow the longest movie. I can't, I can't believe you just... Why can't you do rundowns like that normally? Why can't I? Because... I'm the worst. Because Attack of the Clones is the most boring, simple movie. That's all the story beats. Like, especially if you take it individually. What does Anakin do? Anakin defends Padme, protects Padme, goes to Tatooine, goes uh, to Genosis, movie over. He does more than that. And he falls in love. In no, weird... he's a total freaking creep. Yeah, he's a creep. He's he very comes... creepy. Yeah, watching this again with that fresh perspective yeah. in mind, what a total crazy, creepy. psychotic creep. No woman. Thought about you every day. No woman who was a former queen and now senator is going to fall in love with this guy. You haunt my dream. I've thought of you every night. Oh. I'm like awkwardly touching her. and Yeah, when she's like, don't look at me like he that. He should have been like. There's your hint, He dude. should have been a bad boy. He should have been like a. Oh, yeah. Just a like real a, ladies man. He's not going to me to her or anything. Which yeah. he kind of does in this. It's really creepy. He's very creepy. He's not getting the And hint. then Padme pulls the classic, I'm not ready for a relationship thing. But then by the end of the movie, they just fall in love. It's like, well, what, what kind of love story was that? She literally at the end, because we're like, before they go into the arena. Yeah. She's like, oh no, we're going to die. I love you. Because sometimes people do that kind of dumb stuff before in a life-threatening situation. I don't think that was I, the purpose, but that's I how it comes that. off. Yeah, that's the way it comes off, right? And then... She's the first one to do anything to not die in that arena. It does not make any sense. Yeah. It bothers me. It's so just just bad. Not good writing. Oh, no, it's not. Oh, surprise. And also, like, with um, the whole Django Fett thing. Yeah. Like, did you ever want to know where Boba Fett comes from? <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah. No, uh, it I... could just be anybody. Why does Django Fett subcontract his job? To another bounty hunter, right? Yeah. Who is a changeling. Yeah. Which, that serves zero purpose to the story whatsoever. Wait. <laughs> why, did, why did they want Padme assassinated anyway? I think it was a, a, a bigger conspiracy plot. But what, what was it? But Probably what? the attempts on her life would get Jedi assigned to her. Which then Palpatine would get Anakin, who he knew was obsessed with her. So they get the so they get the bounty hunter that also is all the clones that they're gonna make that's gonna fight the Confederate. Like, you know, you could have just been the Changeling, and then you could have just roped in the Camino plot. Why did separate? It, why did that have to be connected? Why did it have the same bounty hunter that somehow made all the clones that they're gonna use? Like, it's so. But it's the dirt, and it's like it's so convoluted. Yeah, like you could have just. Oh my god, another pass on this script. Yeah, for sure. Like Simplify I, I, it. Keep it simple. Yeah, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And then you have the whole thing with the clones, right? Yeah. And the whole Master Sifo-Dyas, 
Like who the heck is that? We they never we've never it. we've ne- they never explain it. You never hear this guy. It took the Clone Wars. Apparently, all that was was like because of a typo. It was supposed to be like Siodius, like Sidious. Yeah, right. And that's kind of what I thought when I first saw it. I was like, do they just not know how to say Sidious or what? Because who else is going to order a bunch of clones mysteriously? Definitely not some Jedi. Somebody pretending to be one. Yes. But I know it doesn't make any sense. It's see too convoluted. It way too. Why do I need this Jedi? Who's the Force? Like literally, it could have just been Count Dooku strolling up, going make some clones. And they're like, okay, that's yeah. it. That's all you need. Or it's Sidious pulling up, like, oh, I got all this money because my master's in the banking clan. Make all these clones, and then that could have been it. Yeah, it's just a weird mystery. Like, I like to debate and discuss things that happen in these movies sometimes, but that's one where it's like, oh, it makes my brain hurt. It made my brain hurt for years. I mean, before you even have, like, internet stuff where you could read into it, and it's like, oh, why do I need this extra gobbledygook, whatever? I don't want to read all these darn books and everything. Yeah. And, oh, it just, it's mind-boggling. Like, why? And then you have, like, Count Dooku, who's also Darth Tyrannus. Lord Tyrannus. Yeah, well... He doesn't have the title of Darth. Oh, he doesn't? No. Sure about that? It's Lord Tyrannus. Okay, well, I'm not going to get into it, but... I mean, they mention him in the opening crawl, and you don't see... You don't see him until halfway through the movie. More than halfway through the movie. Because that's after Obi-Wan goes to Geonosis. Yeah. I mean, there's so much... There's so much in this. Like, I don't even like the lightsaber duel at the end. No, the lightsaber duel is stinky. It is... Pure doo doo. Not fun. It's not fun. Like you're telling me that Obi Wan gets like a little cut on his shoulder and gets a little poke on his leg, and he doesn't do anything. He just lays on yeah. the he just lays on the floor. And the second that Dooku leaves, he's like, "Oh, I'm up now." <laughs> Whoa, that's crazy. <sighs> just to have Yoda just come have in. Yoda and come like, in and oh, do you want to see Yoda's green screw- laser sword? He's doing some him? flips. He's gonna screwball around the place. Whoa. Look at him oh, go. You want to see? You want to see Count Dooku's head just get pasted onto a better stunt actor? Uh, I mean, you have Christopher Lee. Yeah, you have Christopher Lee. You put that dude in your whole movie. Yeah, you make him the main you bad did... guy throughout the whole thing. Spoiler alert: third one, he just dies right away. <laughs> what a waste! Cool duel. That one's a cool duel. I do appreciate that duel. But still, yeah. But anyway, we're not even there yet. Yeah, but. Seriously, you get Christopher, you get Christopher Lee, and you know you don't do like. I liked um, Tarkin because you know they they used him. He's in the entire movie. They knew that they got a good actor, so they use him. Yeah, does he want to be in the movie a lot? No, Maybe not. No. Maybe you can't afford to have him in there a lot. But you know what you do? You make the best out of it. And they sure did. He's great in that movie. Count Dooku. The first thing you see of him, he's just strolling. You see, like, a quarter of his body, and he's just walking with some Trade Federation dudes. Yeah. I mean, why does, why does Obi-Wan... Okay, so there's the assassination attempt. Yeah. The sub, subcontracted. Yeah. And all, all that character does is send a droid to a window. Yeah, to shoot some in, slugs in. Yeah, plop in some leggy boys, right? And then Obi-Wan's like... Oh, look, there's this droid outside this window as we're, like, countless stories up. Let me just jump out of it it's so and funny. grab onto this. Like, the, the pacing of that jump is so funny. 
He looks, and then an instant, he's full speed, just head first out of the window. Why? He, like, it would have made more sense. Like, he force pushes the window, so it shatters, and then he jumps out. No, just jumps out the window. His body's what's breaking that glass. I mean, I could see Anakin doing that. That's but... an Anakin maneuver. Right. It doesn't make sense for Obi-Wan to do it. And that whole chase, like, that whole... Oh, Obi-Wan falls, falls down. Anakin saves him with the car. Only to have Anakin just jump out randomly later. Yeah, and land on the land on the assassin's car. After he free falls for like 10 seconds. Yeah. What? You give me a break. Yeah. So dumb. You can't tell me he's that attuned to the force. That whole That's chase. Just. Ugh. That whole chase is so dumb. That whole chase through Coruscant. Grant, I do like the, the whole. Um, Blade Runner thing with the industrial area on Coruscant. Yeah, Coruscant itself looks pretty cool Coruscant. too at night. Really cool. All the cool. purples and yellows All the lights and stuff. Reminds me of Times Square, but an entire planet. Very cool, but uh, bad the movie stings. Yeah, even when they go into that, that nightclub. Yeah, I love that nightclub. Aliens are cool. Yeah, why? It's a different atmosphere. We, I think in a new movie we need to go back to a city planet. Except for that Sleazebagano guy with the death sticks. That guy is... I think he's fun. <laughs> I like him. Ah, that would have been a good one to do some... The the facts about... There's There's got to be some <laughs> dumb stuff about him. Probably. Wow. Wow, we missed an opportunity there. Yeah. Okay. Um, Man. Stupid. I don't really want to talk much more no, about it. No, Um, I I like all the... I like the Battle of Geonosis. I think that's the best part. It's all the clone stuff. Yeah, but that's so brief. I mean, that even the arena stuff, even after the Jedi show up, is not very good until the clones show up. Yeah. When the Jedi show up, it gets really dumb. I think when, when it's like Anakin, Padme, and Obi-Wan fighting off the monsters, it's okay. It's okay, but you know what? Nothing, none of those creatures, except for the bug one, None of them look good on sand. Yeah. That's some weird, I don't know what it is the with the effects. bug one is really great. But like, like the, the one with the horn, it's called the reek. Mm-hmm. Like that thing, it just looks like it's pasted on there, like bad Photoshop. And then they ride it like a dumb bull, and then you see CGI Anakin just like bouncing around <laughs> on it. It's so dumb. I mean, I like when he tries like doing Jedi mind trick on it, like calming it down. Yeah. Like, that's cool. I don't mind that. I think that that was pretty neat. But it doesn't really go anywhere. He just ends up riding it around. And then you have, like, a hundred Jedi, and they have a hundred lightsabers, and it's just a sea of weird blue and green lines with actors no, have, that have nothing to do. It looked like they just had a whole bunch of cameras set up, and they just let people do whatever they want. It's a big green And room. then they just pasted them in. Yeah. Wherever they would fit into that scene. And then... These are some of the most, this must have been like nobody's who worked on the movie somewhere getting to be in the movie because mm-hmm. none of them look like they know what they're doing. No, they just swing. They don't even look interesting. Half of them are just boring humans with just normal Jedi robes. Yeah. Dongles. I will tell you this right now. Go load up that scene and just watch all the background people. You probably don't pay attention to it. Just really pay attention to them. And just chuckle. And, you know, there are some really interesting Jedi that were even introduced in episode one. 
like um Yaddle. <laughs> Plo Koon. Plo Koon is super cool, very interesting. He doesn't do anything. He gets blown up in the next one, but the cloners really expanded on him. But yeah, Plo Koon looks cool. Um Ela Sakura looks pretty cool. Katumundi, pretty neat. Like, I don't know, there's some pretty interesting ones, but they just don't do anything. And instead you just have a million dumb looking Jedi just blue and green lightsabers, generic lightsabers that they just kind of swing around at nothing. I do yeah. like when uh, Jango Fett kills the one Jedi. He just blasts it a bunch of times, <laughs> and Dooku just kind of looks at him and he just twirls the gun around. I don't know. It's kind of fun. Yeah. Also, Mace Windu is pretty cool. He's a jerk in these movies. He's pretty mean, but I I do I do like him. He does seem like he you wouldn't want to mess with him. He does seem like an actual Jedi master. Yeah. I also like when he kills Jango Fett. Although Jango Fett did kind of go out like a little baby in this. <laughs> I still, I mean, I say it every time. You can't see the head come out of that helmet. But I just like the <laughs> Boba Fett holding on to the helmet. And I just wish the head would plop out. Like you just hear like a. <laughs> I think Jango Fett was one of my favorite parts of this movie. He was pretty cool though. The Jango Obi-Wan Starfighter fight in the asteroid oh belt. yeah that's one of my favorite scenes i'm just gonna say it out super cool i love the seismic charges you know like the slave one is cool to see actually do something yeah when i'm working on like setting up the surround sound or whatever i'll always play that scene yeah as my test because yeah. i just it's so cool yeah there's really fun subtle sound design things yeah i think that i just don't like Boba Fett just going, get him, Dad! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, Django's pretty cool. And also, Mayor Morrison was a good choice for him. Good voice. Yeah. He's a fun voice. I wish they had, would, would have been able to get him for the Clone Wars. Not, not to diss the guy that they got doing the voices of the clones of the Clone Wars. Super awesome, very talented. But I like the gruffness of the movie clones. Yeah. The Clone Wars clones... You can tell they're supposed to bond with them more because they're a bit nicer sounding. But, man, the ones in the movies. Yeah, all that stuff with the, um, with the droid factory. Oh, the droid factory. Dumb. That, that looks so, so dumb. Eh. Everything about it. It doesn't... Oh, I don't even want to get into it. So that's all there is. Yeah, it's dumb. It's dumb. It's dumb. R2-D2 flies. It's dumb. C-3PO's head gets put on a different body. <sighs> It's like me it's, taking an iPhone uh, charger and putting it into USB-C and then it just working. <laughs> that's what that's like. No, that's a good point. Yeah, there's just so many just poor poor design work in this. Like yeah. the, the Geonosian like, Sonic guns are dumb. They're dumb. I think the Geonosians are cool. They're kind of cool, I guess. I like when they all come out of the wall and they're all like, creeping up. Yeah. It kind of reminded me of uh, Aliens. The xenomorphs were in the walls and stuff. I probably would have liked them better if they didn't design the Death Star. Apparently. Oh God! I, oh, okay. Actually, he. It wasn't just them, because uh, when I was doing my research for the dumb wiki thing, yeah, turns out that weird guy with the weird voice thing. Because I was gonna do stuff about the him. Techno Union guy. Yeah, Techno Union dude. He also designed it. There's a lot that went into it, but and yeah. also designed by Poggle the Lesser. <laughs> what a guy. Yeah. I like Poggle the Lesser. You know that. <sighs> I just saw something recently where apparently George Lucas made them design the Death Star in response to the clerks 
discussion they have about all the independent oh. contractors dying. <laughs> yeah. So he just made it a bunch of bugs so that people wouldn't care. That's so dumb. Just have that actual people being murdered. <laughs> it's like, fine. Don't worry about it. Don't, I don't care who designed the Death Star. It's probably no. just a bunch of Imperials. I don't care. I don't no. care. And it kind of messes with the Rogue One, too. You know, no, I feel oh, Rogue One get... was just trying to course correct that a bit. Yeah, it's like, okay, well, you know, it wasn't just a bunch of dumb aliens. You know, we got some actual interesting characters working on it. But yeah, I just hate the, like, you're just sitting there and it's like, oh, you know, normal battle. Oh, cool little holograms of ATTEs. And then just in the background, it's the Death Star. And you're like, wait a minute, is that the Death Star? And the pocket blush is like, and then he walks up to Count Dooku. <laughs> and Count Dooku has to, you know, lift it up and then open it up. And they just stare at the Death Star. And everyone's like, oh, that's the Death Star. Yeah, we're doomed if they find out about our secret weapon and then just or the ultimate it. weapon give me a break and they just stare at it like <laughs> we know we get it the death star uh a freaking diner a 50s diner dumb uh it can be a diner why does it have to look so 50s dexter jetster why does he gotta have giant hands he's fun with his mustache what he's fun he that do? he's like a big chubby guy what did he have to do with clones why was he on camino i don't why <laughs> i'm more curious about the adventures he had yeah. at that point like oh gosh i'd rather find out what he was mucking about doing yeah okay i got that out of the way <laughs> also who who wiped camino off the records of the jedi order apparently count dooku did before he left yeah <laughs> 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 like, oh, gotta make sure I do this. Beep, boop, boop, boop. Or maybe, maybe he had already left, but then like people didn't know that he quit. But why? And then he comes back and just waltzes <laughs> yeah. in. Or it's like, oh hi, hi. And why can a Jedi only do it? What's stopping anybody? Why did it have to? Because they say only a Jedi could have wiped this. Why? It's just data. Well, I think only Jedi are allowed in the archives. Allowed, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it was. Specifically a Jedi. <laughs> ah, that's just weird. It's just dumb. Yeah. D dumb. You know what's dumb? A dumb movie. <laughs> we're just like bagging on this one really bad. <laughs> what's dumb is Anakin's gold skeleton hand at the end. Yeah. Why does he have a gold skeleton hand? I'm glad hand? it isn't really shown in uh, the third one. Yeah. Like at all. You see it. You do see it, but it isn't. Briefly. Yeah, yeah it isn't but very it's like, gold. More of a silver. Well, and that, and that he's got more of like a black hand. Yeah. Well, he has a black glove. Yeah. I'm talking he, the metallic. The metallic bit was still, it was still. Uh, well, they show it when he when he yeah. has the nightmare in yeah. bed. Mm -hmm. yeah, it's yeah, it's not, not really gold. Because it's not lit well. Uh, I think you should go back and look at a picture of it. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm pretty sure he's you got, see it. I'm pretty sure. He's got a better looking hand in, I'm in, pretty in that sure one. you see it. He starts burning in that lava. It's not a skeleton hand. Oh yeah, by then, yeah, all the. So does he change it out? I like the plasticky stuff he had around it. He had more like a. It was beefed up more. It had more of like a exo. Anyway, okay, we're getting we're getting way off topic here. We're talking yeah. about his. Hand. It had a casing on it. Yeah, I do like Django Fett hitting his head on the slave one door when he was leaving. Can Actually, you know? that's a nice Easter egg. It's a very nice Easter egg. Call back to the New Hope. Yeah, I like mind. that. It's very, it's so like relatable. <laughs> just the the donk, and he's like, ah. Oh. <laughs> Any more thoughts? I'm glad dismemberment was in this movie. I mean, you're just swinging around lightsabers, limbs. Something's got to get yeah. knocked off. Good music too. 
I will say that this <laughs> this movie very good music. Um, what's the name of it? Love and the Arena. I think is what it's called on the soundtrack. Super good. It sounds off really boring, but then it gets the um to the Clone March. Ah, oh, so good. Love it. But yeah, overall zero out of ten. Very bad movie. Well, I'm gonna just say it right now. This is the worst out of this trilogy for sure. Oh yeah, it is. And for a long time, I liked it better than The Phantom Menace, but just having watched these, I've watched all of these twice each in, like, the last week. Yeah. And, yeah, so bad. Well, let's take a break, and we'll listen to a promo from another podcast. Bad Movies the world is full of them. From low-budget crap fests to downright unwatchable. And only two men are willing to watch them all. So climb in and take your seat. This is Short Bus Cinema. Let's do it. Hey everyone, this is Johnny Krug from Kruger Nation. And this is Rick Morgan from the Helming Power Hour. Well, we have decided to team up and take you where no one has gone before. We're on a quest to find the world's worst movie, and we're doing it on the bus. Driving through cult classics in every genre to find the holy grail of bad movies. So if you're looking for something different and more fun than you can stand, then climb on in. Short Bus Cinema is a proud member of Legion Podcasts. That's right, yo. Short Bus Cinema. We'd love to watch the movies you hate. And we're back. Moving on to Revenge of the Sith. Yay. Okay. Okay. (sighs) Take (sighs) a breath of relief. Mm. I watched this one. I remember watching this like a couple years ago. And I just. Yeah, I remember watching it. Could not handle it. Yeah. I was not having a good time. But having watched it again. I like it. I like it too. You do. I do. I do. I do. Oh. I like it. I like it. I think, you know, it's easily the best out of the trilogy. Yes. It has good pacing. It doesn't. It chugs. Something fun's always happening. When we cut to the boring stuff, something fun's happening. We're going to cut back to that. You know, you can sit through a little bit boring, but even then, the boring, really well written. Usually it's about Palpatine manipulating Anakin mm-hmm. or interesting political things. I yeah. liked it. The whole, the whole Padme just, well, I'm just pregnant now, and I'm going to be like, that's it. That's that, her character. That's her character. I'm pregnant now. Yeah, her character is pregnant and going to die. I'm pregnant, and I love you, Anakin. That's all she has to do. Yeah. But I will say this, though. Natalie Portman, when she delivers that line. Killed it. Oh, my. It still even kind of chokes me up. You're, the, when, you're tearing me apart. You're breaking my heart. Yeah, yeah that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Like, wow. Oh, I just quoted the room. That's what I did. (laughs) You're tearing me apart, Lisa. Okay. (laughs) You're tearing me apart, Annie. If someone's good at editing, please throw in Tommy Wiseau into that scene. (laughs) Okay, but yeah. Yeah. Even Hayden Christensen's a better actor in this movie. He is. He's He's not as creepy. Oh, yeah. He's He's definitely... he has He's more of that... A little more loose. Yeah, sly. He doesn't have to be... More of a player how he should have been. 
a little bit yeah. more of a he wears leather in this. There's a couple little bits where he's kind of like episode two Anakin, but not much. It's like, eh. Yeah, we're past uh, it. Except when he's like, the only part I think I really don't like is when he's kind of, he's, he's at uh, Mustafar, the lava planet. Yeah. And he's just staring out and then he's got this single tear coming down his cheek. I'm like, oh, come on. Yeah, it was a bit heavy-handed. Yeah. It was pretty heavy-handed. You didn't need that. Just him standing there, contemplating what all the things he just did, would have been would have been enough. I your I brain think... would have like, is he happy? Is he sad? so like? <laughs> I really like the opening to this movie, Battle Over Coruscant. Very cool. The effects, effects are really good. It is really cool. I mean, to see like uh space battle of that magnitude Massive so many capital battle. ships just everywhere lasers everywhere super awesome i love the arc 170s oh the they're... the the ones that look like x-wings for all of our loser fans out there <laughs> they, they look great i love them. i love them so much the clones are really cool i like the banter between obi-wan and anakin you can tell they're friends now like they're just like oh doing it again here's just another adventure like they're so you can tell they're just they're just good friends you They've really done get a that lot. feeling yeah they've had a lot of life and death situations yeah <laughs> over the past few years in between movies where they can kind of like cheekily reference something mm-hmm. and you don't need to know what it's about yeah. like yeah. that's fine legends a, cares <laughs> legends does care and i i like it when they get to the um when they get to the droid chip to save uh, Palpatine. I like all the stuff inside there. Again, they play off each other really well. Funny lines, you know. I really like it. It's fun. It's exciting. It's good. It's well yeah. written. When the ship's coming in and it's like burning up in the atmosphere yeah. and everything, that looks so cool. Yeah, and I think the fight between Dooku and mainly Anakin, really good. You can tell Anakin starts to get a little, he gets a little angry and taps into a little bit of dark side and then that's when you find out oh palpatine maybe not a good guy do it kill him anakin kill him now do it <laughs> yeah dismemberment dismemberment gotta love it Sam. oh yeah this is like i mean granted this is the first one that was rated pg-13 mm-hmm. but i mean even for pg-13 you have a guy chop off an old man's hands and, and then his head and his head and you see them sitting on the floor, yeah. and it's not like right up on them, but they're just hanging out, smoldering. Mm-hmm. Like and you see that his entire, head drop and roll. Yeah, that whole part you can see his hands. Yeah, <laughs> just that's great. So fun. The effects are pretty good through and through. Too. Well, except when that thing lands on Obi Wan while yeah. he's laying on when the floor. Laying on the floor yeah. again. Come yeah, on, Obi Wan. It just lands on him. He's all rubbery, and it just has that little extra. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's really weird. I the physics on that are wonky. Whereas, like in Episode Two, when Anakin or when Obi Wan gets up, you know, he just stands up and he's like, "I'm fine now." In this, Anakin's not or Obi Wan's knocked out. He wakes up in the elevator shaft, instantly freaked out. Like the writing is just better. Yeah, well, they had like uh, I can't remember who off the top of my head, but they did have somebody who was like an actual playwright come in. Yeah. And punch up the script. And it shows. Just work on it. It's just, there's such a good flow, such good writing. And there was also a lot of things like this movie had to 
really kind of fix and rush in a way because the previous two movies just farted around too much. For sure. They're farting around too much. You got to get Anakin to Vader. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, murdering sand people, that's a good start. Yeah. Pretty fun scene, by the way. Like in this one, like he starts off like, hey, I'm like doing cool Jedi things and I like being a Jedi. And they really have to kind of like ham fist the whole fear of loss because of his attachments and everything. Yeah. It feels kind of rushed. But it had to be. It had to be. So I don't blame them for it. I don't. Yeah, they used to really bother me a lot, but what else can you do at that point? Yeah. You don't have a fourth movie Yeah, that's up. already taken. But yeah, I, I also really like General Grievous. General Grievous is pretty fun. Oh, I love me some General Grievous. Super awesome. I also really like the Battle of Utapau. Oh, Super yeah. awesome. That's so much fun. Utapau is just a cool-looking planet. Cool planet. I love the 212th. Which that's, that's the clone. They're pretty fun. I love the creepy guy that Obi-Wan talks to when they get there. Yeah. You think he's going to be evil? Yeah. But he's not. No. Oh. Subvert your expectations there. Oh, see, that's how you do it. That's how you subvert some expectations. (laughs) Take some notes. I still can't believe believe that guy was like all CG too. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Dang. He looks great. But yeah, I I just really, I just really enjoyed Utapau and General Grievous, that whole fight. I think people think People think that General Grievous is a bit cheesy with all of his arms and, you know, all the lightsabers, but I think it's cool. It makes sense. If you have all these cybernetic modifications, you think you'd be all crazy. Yeah, and he looks great, too. He looks so good. There's so much cool stuff, like, because, like, the way that, um, like, the bone-looking textures on him and Mm -hmm. stuff, there's parts where it even gets kind of translucent in the light, where you can kind of see, like, light kind of affecting it, Mm -hmm. and... Oh, it's it's really good. There's a lot of good detail on him. Yeah. That's pretty consistent. I mean, if I had one complaint about him, it's like his cape's kind of wonky. But he drops it, like, pretty fast. Yeah, and I I like the... Yeah, and he was just shot in the chest. <laughs> I was like the so uncivilized line. You know, good callback to A New Hope. But not, not bad. But not bad. It just fits his character really well. And another thing, okay... So dealing with like, so you have Darth Maul in the first one, right? Mm. And Darth Maul is visually scary and intimidating. Yeah. You have Count Dooku, wears a cape, a little more sophisticated, uh-huh. right? And then you have Grievous with his cybernetics. He's more machine than whatever alien he, alien he was. Yeah. Those are all like elements of Darth Vader. Oh, yeah. That's very true. And I don't know if that was intentional or not, but I picked up on that right away after like seeing episode three. And I was like, huh, that's pretty cool. That is pretty cool, actually. Yeah, I like that. That's, that's interesting. So each component on their own wasn't good enough. You got to go just roll it up in, in the one package. Yeah. I also like how, and this is more from like ancillary media. I think some of this is from Legends. Oh no. Oh no. Um, but General Grievous was made to be super scary to get the Republic or like the civilians and stuff to side with the Republic. You know, so the war would still end with a Republic victory, not too many people would actually become separatists. So oh. you can so General Grievous was literally made to be the scary alien to scare all the people. Oh I like that. Yeah, actually that 
I'll give I'll give him that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So yeah, and I also really like Palpatine's manipulation. You know, like, oh, well, I know something that could save Padme. Ooh, dark side. And I, you can really tell Anakin's turmoil through the whole movie. He constantly has that fear of Padme. It's always, you know, he tells in the back of his mind. And then Palpatine's always, you know, I heard the tragedy of Darth Plagueis. And, you know, all of it just really built up. And, you know, it's cool to have, like, that Darth Plagueis background story and everything. Mm-hmm. And as a, as a huge Star Wars fan, too, like, I don't need to know any of that other stuff. I don't need to know every last detail of that. I like, like the mystery. I like that story, and I like having things left to my own imagination. Yeah, because, I mean, it's it's led up to believe that Palpatine killed Plagueis, and that was his master. And you can really tell when he says, like, oh, you know, it's so ironic that he could save others from death, but not himself. Er, he just has that smile. Oh, yeah. He's, like, he's so, kind of reliving it in he's his He's, like, head. basking in the glory. Yeah, he's like, yeah, those were good times. I really enjoyed doing that. <laughs> yeah. Palpatine's great through this whole thing. Uh-huh. I mean, if anything bad to say about him is that until he puts that hood up, that makeup makes, that makeup makes him look pretty cheesy. I don't mind it. He's got a butt it. head. I don't mind it. But when he's uh, christening Anakin as Darth Vader in that part. The voice? Oh. Uh, there's like almost another voice layered into it. Yeah. It's pretty creepy super, like he's almost channeling just yeah dark side power evil yeah i also really like uh the whole order 66 especially with anakin killing all the younglings and like yeah i was gonna get to that like he just is like well okay i want to save i want to save my wife and baby yeah and okay so i gotta like go to the dark side okay i can become more powerful that's pretty cool kill some children you got it yeah just, just that's a pretty yeah. He's pretty snappy on that. I also, like, and, and I really love the way that they tied in the political and Jedi matter to the same thing because of, you know, the the Emperor being like, well, Palpatine, really not the Emperor yet, but how he's just like, you know, the, the Jedi attempted to murder me and left me disfigured and, you know, the the Jedi have flipped. They tried to take the power. and it's a, It was a really good fusion between... Everything else building up with the Jedi talking about how they were losing their their touch to the Force, which I enjoyed. Yeah, because the, the dark side was gaining more power, yeah. which it was. Yeah, and I really liked that build up. Really good payoff in the third one, and I just, yeah, I just really liked the way that that was all orchestrated. I also really enjoy the music and the the sense of dread during the Order sixty six stuff, where you're just seeing all these Jedi getting killed across the galaxy, and then the one kid jumps out and is de- defending. Um, Senator Organa. Oh yeah, when he just shows up in his convertible. <laughs> yeah. But then the kid gets blasted, and Organa's like, "No!" and you know, flies away. Like, it was just—it was all so good. It wasn't. I think people say that you know the third one's dark. You know, it's too edgy. But I think it was appropriate for what it had to do. Yeah. You have to kill off thousands of Jedi. You can't really do that in a Star Wars like a, just a normal Star Wars tone. It has to be darker than the rest of them. Yeah, I think it's appropriately dark because you're going in the dark times. Yeah, it's the the fall of the Republic and the rise of the Empire. It has to be a darker movie. It's not going to be in just a joyous transition. Yeah, so I'm like, oh, we'll start the Empire and like, oh, 
<laughs> it's not like Palpatine's going to be throwing all these kids in cages. and No. And I, I also really love the, the duel at the end between uh, Obi-Wan. Okay. <laughs> I, Obi-Wan-Anakin well, duel. It's good to a point. It's, it gets dumb at like the second half when they're swinging around and they're on the lava waterfall and they're... Once they get on the lava, that's when it all go, just... Yeah. That's things when go downhill. But the, the, all the dialogue, all of the dialogue, I, I think this movie's very well written. All the dialogue between Obi-Wan and Anakin, or Darth Vader, he is now. Yeah, true. Very good. I love, like, like and all just the subtleties with Obi-Wan's character, how he says, my allegiance is to the Republic. That line in itself carries so much weight. All these lines being said carries so much weight, and it's... So good. I just really enjoy it all. Like, oh, only Sith deal in absolutes. And, oh, oh. I yeah, Obi-Wan is great in this. Yeah. Again. Super well acted. He's, he's having a good time, it mm-hmm. seems. I also like the, the last discussion between Anakin and Obi-Wan before Anakin turned into Darth Vader. The whole, like, I've taught you all that I can know. I wish I could be, you know, like, you can just... He gives he gives Anakin he tell he literally tells him everything that Anakin's been whining about. Yeah. Obi Wan. Obi Wan just here you go. This is how I feel about you. And he said everything Anakin ever wanted to hear. Yeah. Finally got it all. But Anakin still turned. Yep. Super good. It's it's really sad to watch because you know that's the the last thing. And you can just tell how genuinely Obi-Wan cares about Anakin, and then Anakin then just goes on to do these horrible acts. And is a, and he's a jerk about it, too. Yeah. I want to say something worse than jerk, but... Yeah. But yeah, he's... And just, like, when he's screaming, I hate you at the yeah. end, after he's, like, gets all his stuff cut off because of the high ground, which, oh my god, I can't stand that part. That's where the movie... I... I'm gonna really say ...really starts to lose I don't me. mind the high ground comment, because you know what? It wasn't that it's impossible for Anakin to have done anything because, you know, Obi-Wan had the high ground. I think it's just, I don't know, I think that was just, I think the eye of the high ground had more statement than physical height advantage in a battle. Oh, I yucked it up at the at the theater. I think I started laughing because I was like, that is the dumbest thing. Because like how instantly he just jumps and gets three like of his limbs cut off. Yeah, you like underestimate both my and... power. Don't try it. And he just jumps. <laughs> all of his limbs, except for his robot hand. And then, as he's kind of like, chilling there, limbless, screaming at Obi-Wan, he just catches fire. Because mm-hmm. it was almost like, hey, we've got this last checkbox. Um, apparently it was burned all over. And they're like, oh, okay. Like, well, set him on fire. Well, I think he was just, he was like rolling down towards the lava. <laughs> he's sliding down. It's, it's just kind of, I don't know, it could have just been handled, like, countless different ways better. Than I thought that. it was fine. I really do think it was fine. I also really liked Obi-Wan's lines, like, you were a brother to me, Anakin, you know, I loved you like a brother, and you were the chosen one. You're meant to destroy this, not join him. Like, yeah, that's, he was that's fine. really good acting, too. He was so emotional. I like how he just picks up that lightsaber, though. Yeah. He's like, they nope, you're not getting this. Mm-hmm. And then looks at the camera and winks, like, oh, this is... Remember this from uh, New Hope? Well, I mean, I think that's just kind of subtle. I mean, you'd yeah. want to like not let him 
pick up that lightsaber yeah. and chuck it at you or something. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, and then everything after that is just the worst. It should have ended with we could have had Bail Organa. He he takes you know and's like, oh, this is maybe you can show Padme dying. Whatever, broken heart. Oh, I don't know. It's like she lost will to live. Thanks, Droid. Thanks, for that, Droid. For that very great good medical assessment. Yeah. She died of a broken heart. Cool. But anyway, you could have just shown, oh, Bail Organa. Oh, oh, you know, my wife's been so happy to get Leia. Or no, don't even say it. Just show yeah. Bail Organa. With getting a, a kid, and then, I don't know, Obi-Wan taking Luke. He could just be, like, even on Tatooine, a backpack or something. Yeah. Baby could be inside. You don't know what's inside it. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Him just walking away. Yeah. Into the sunset. Uh-huh. Boom. Or, you know, you can even have, or you could even have the last shot being Darth Vader's mask coming down and just going, and then you cuts to black and you just hear some, like, you know, Darth Vader breaths. I don't like the no thing, but no I do like dumb. him crushing everything in yeah. that room. Just all that anger. He's just like, I mean, you can tell Palpatine's sitting there like, oh, this really worked. This worked super well. Yeah, he's not scared or anything. He's no. just kind of like, all right. All right. This actually, this worked out very well. But to hear James Earl Jones's voice like, I'm doing the, where's Padme? Is she safe? It sounds so cheesy. And then we have to see... You know, we have to see them on, on the Venator, which is gray now, you know, and then they're standing there with the bridge, and then there's like a really weird Tarkin standing there, and they're just looking at the, the skeleton of the Death Star. I get it. They built the Death Star. <laughs> I don't need the plans in episode two. Stop I don't shoving need... Death Stars down our throat. Yeah. I don't, I don't care, because you know what? I'm not going to watch A New Hope and go, wait, where'd they get that from? Because <laughs> they built it. I don't care. Yeah, it was matter. fine in Rogue One. Rogue One handled it. Rogue One handled it fine. Yeah, it was good. Feel like the design work in this movie is definitely way better. Mm -hmm. It definitely feels more Star Wars with still being different. Oh look, we kind of like devolved some of these yeah, cool Star Wars sure. things that you like. We're still giving you something new. Mm -hmm. You know, like the Arc One Seventies looking like X wings. And the Actus class light intercept. The Jedi interceptors looking. Sort of like TIE Fighters. They sound like TIE Fighters, and they have the same blasters as TIE Fighters. Yeah. The Venators looking like Star Destroyers. Mm hmm I mean, that all that's great. I yeah. really like it. And, yeah, we already talked about General Grievous the, and the battles and the Youngling murders. I just really like this movie. Also, really good soundtrack. I love the, the um, music that plays while Darth Vader and Obi-Wan duel. Oh, yeah. Super good. Oh, there's another part, too. Uh, Order 66 just kind of starting to happen, and Padme's, like, staring out the window. And it's like the smoke. Oh, or, like, when Anakin's trying to figure out what he's going to do. Yeah. They got kind of, like, the chorus going, mm -hmm. and it's eerie, mm -hmm. and it's very ominous. Whoa. Like, that. that's still kind of... I like that part. And, it and, gives me chills. And as I said before, the, the music that plays during Order 66 is so good. It's so sad. But also like this, and have like this epicness to it, where it was just just great galactic scale, just terrible thing that happened. Don't. Oh my. What about the droid attack on the Wookiees? I almost forgot about Chewbacca being in this movie. Oh. I can't believe you didn't even like the one thing that you, the one line you were saying. Every through, time. Okay, every, so every time. When we watched 
these movies, every time I saw Kiatu Mundi, I would just say, what about the droid attack on the Wookiees? Because that's like his like one line in Revenge of the Sith. It's become a meme, so I did. But yeah, the the just real quick, Yoda, it it didn't need to be Chewbacca. No, that's what I mean. Like, there's so much like just fan servicey things it's in connected. this movie. It was almost like they were too scared not to put connecting things and everything. Like Chewbacca, yeah, taking it one step too far, but like the ending, like having to show all everything plays out in into a new hope. It feels very fan service. If they didn't do it, like, oh, we don't want to get backlash from the fans. Mm-hmm. Leave some open-endedness because, you know, yeah. there's 19 years between. Somebody's going to watch these movies in sequential order someday. Yeah. And you just blew everything. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. I like this one a lot better. Do you have a favorite scene or anything? Unless we already brought it up. Favorite scene. That's really tough because I do enjoy a lot of this movie. Uh, there's definitely a lot of bits I like. Like, yeah. I do like Yoda throwing a lightsaber into a clone's chest. Yeah, and then jumping up and taking it out. it out. Yeah. I like um that clone getting up on that droid. And that blast droid on Utapau and just shooting down at it. Yeah. Subtle things like that. I also so lots of nice little moments. I also really enjoyed the little moment where Obi-Wan watches the footage of Anakin killing all the younglings and you can just see that like again, really well acted. I also really liked uh Obi Wan jumping down and saying hello there. There's a lot packed into that line. Even the Clone Wars kind of even expanded on it, which is interesting, but I, I really liked it was so just Obi-Wan. He was just so like OP. He was just having fun with it at that point. <laughs> uh, favorite scene. I don't even know if I have one, honestly. I don't think I have one. There's too many that I like. Just because it's such a, a like fast-paced, fun movie. All right. Yeah, that's fair. What about you? I don't know if I really have a favorite one either. Like I said, it's bits. I mean, if anything, the one thing that stands out the most to me is when Anakin goes to kill the younglings, and there's just the way that that kid jerks, like he flinches when the lightsaber turns on, that still kind of bothers me. As much as I joke around about how I'm all for child murder in movies, there's something really like... So that kid actor was so bad. Master Anakin, what should we do? But it's not it's not so much his his acting, it's just like that's a little little kid. Like, yeah, that's a super little kid. Yeah, that kid's barely out of being a toddler. Yeah. And he's gonna get murdered. Yeah. Like you don't need to see it, but man, it gets you. Yeah. I'll give it that. So should we rate um the what's what's our ranking of the I mean, obviously I know it I goes save, two, one, three. I say we save all our rankings until until our, the, the end of our last okay, episode. Okay. That'll ooh, I'm need to like create a list. There's nine movies. It'll be hard to put them in a specific order. Yeah, considering you haven't seen one yet. You never know. It could be your favorite. What? The part I've been looking the most forward yeah. to, actually. Um I had a great time talking about these movies with you though. It, yeah. It's great to put it out there for other people to hear instead of just my wife having to listen to us talk about it constantly. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so now we're at the section where three lies, one truth, Wikipedia edition, where just as, as a reminder, we take one nugget, most likely from Legends material, which is no longer canon. Yeah. And we take one little factoid that is the truth, and we also throw in three lies, 
and the other person has to guess what it is. Mm-hmm. Right. Who wants to go first? You can. You, I want you to go first. You want me to go first? Yeah. The character I picked for this is Captain Panaka. Yeah. Um, he was in charge of Nabu security. Nabu security in episode one. I knew that. I can't believe I knew. Well, in case the listeners. Yeah, know. I know, but like the fact that I was like, oh, Nabu security. He was in charge of Nabu security. <laughs> okay. Okay. First one. Captain Panaka had a secret affair with Queen Jamilia. That's the queen who followed Padme. Yeah. That was discovered by then Sergeant Typho, who was like the captain and eye patch guy. Yeah. In the second. Due to the inappropriate nature of their affair. Typho had no other choice but to arrest Panaka, and he was sentenced to 20 years of forced labor on the moon of Naboo to mine plodactine gas. Okay. Alright, that's a good one. Scenario 2. Captain Panaka later joined the Empire and worked his way up to Moth and became close to and highly admired the Emperor. He later gave Emperor Palpatine an ornate statue. The statue was placed in the Emperor's receiving chamber aboard the second Death Star. Okay, that's a good one, yeah. Okay, scenario three. Captain Panaka and Sayo Bibble. I know, yeah, I know who Sayo Bibble is. <laughs> He's the old guy in episode one, hanging out on Naboo. Um, Captain Panaka and Sayo Bibble once got into a fistfight after Bibble started talking speciesist rhetoric from Imperial Holonet transmissions, mentioning the Gungans wanting to mate with the humans of Naboo. Yeah, I'm calling that one out <laughs> right away. Although I would love to have seen that. Hey, it could be the real one. No. It could be. Scenario 4. While Captain Panaka was vacationing on Coruscant, he stopped at Dexter Jetster's diner. Panaka was enjoying a Bantha steak and Jawa juice when Elon... Sleaze Bagano attempted to rob the diner. Daxter was grazed by Sleaze Bagano's blaster bolt, and Panaka sprang into action and detained the would-be robber. There remains a picture of Panaka on the wall of famous patrons to this day. <laughs> I'm gonna say, okay, what was the first one? The first one. Don't don't read the. You don't need to read the whole thing. Yeah. Reminded. Did the first one is where he had the affair with the queen. Okay, the second one is uh he became a moth okay and the Third statue one. um that's the fist fight, fist fight with and then the fourth one. okay oh this is tough i think it's between the first and the second one i'm gonna say i'm gonna say it's the first one the first one's the truth you are wrong oh no what oh god okay okay um let me give okay i'll give another guess uh the second one's true correct okay that one's that's kind of weird because I don't ever remember. Well, that one that. seems so ridiculous. Yeah, like that really he, does. he joins the empire and he becomes a moth. And like then, that's high rank. But that's the way that's the way all that legend stuff works. Mm-hmm. Like oh, he, he became friends with Palpatine. And yeah, gave him yeah. a little statue, and that statue was on the second Death Star. I wonder if we're gonna see it in in uh, the Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. I did mine on Klieg Lars, who, <laughs> if you don't know, which I don't blame you, is oh, <laughs> is um is Owen is Uncle Owen's father, Shmi Skywalker's husband, who has a 
a missing right leg after after a fight with the, the sand people. I can barely contain myself because all I can think of is something better come up about that stump. Okay. <laughs> uh, mine are way shorter than yours. I'm going to have to do mine like yours because that was really funny. I'm going to have to do mine like yours uh, next time. Okay. Klieg Lars died of a broken heart. Klieg Lars' chair is called a hover scooter. Klieg Lars, after his attack with the sand people, lost his leg after they fed him to the Sarlacc pit. The Sarlacc pit from Return of the Jedi. Um, Klieg Lars was stranded on Tatooine following a, mal- <laughs> following a malfunction on his ship that left him stranded there. The malfunction was caused by the Force, <laughs> making him destined to then father Owen, who then would raise Luke. <laughs> okay. So, I, li- I really like that last one. Okay. <sighs> that one, I think, is dumb enough to be true. I'm going to say that's the, that's the one that's true. The, last the Force one. one? Yeah. That's incorrect. <laughs> but... I wrote that one, I'm like, God, that is something they would so do. They would totally do that. Yeah, so you should have wrote longer ones like I did. Yeah, yeah. Just that, one paragraph. Um, What's your next guess? Um, so we have died of a broken heart. This chair is called a hover scooter. He lost his leg to the Sarlacc pit from Return of the Jedi. Oh, man. I want to say it's one of the first two, but... Feeding his leg to a Sarlacc pit sounds something totally dumb. Not any Sarlacc pit. The. The Sarlacc pit from Return of the Jedi. The Sarlacc But they didn't put him in it, they just tossed his leg in there. He wasn't in the actual pit. No, they they put him... (laughs) Oh, wait a second. See, now you're elaborating, so I'm thinking that that's the real one. I'm going with that one. It was a worship, it was like a ritual or whatever. I'm going with that one. Okay, it was a ritual. The Sand People, like slid him down in the starlight pit like boba fett style you know like kind of slid down and the beak because you know they had to include it because of the special edition the beak bit off his his leg (laughs) but he was rescued by more settlers because there was actually a lot of settlers that went to go rescue shmi so he was rescued and that's how he he lost his leg was to the sarlacc pit (laughs) but dad that was a lie oh what yeah. Oh. So you're left with, he died of a broken heart, or his chair is called a hover oh, scooter. Man. I'm gonna say he died of a broken heart. That's true. He was so he was so distraught after Shmi's death that he pulled a Padme and just died of a broken heart. Which I think, <laughs> which I think is so it's so like he didn't even, he, he was sad in episode two, but he wasn't like. No, because he even tells Anakin, he's like, ah, get over it. Like, like there's nothing she, you can do. She's nothing dead. you can do now. She's dead. You know, he was sad, but he, he seemed like he'd already s- started moving on. Oh, man. <laughs> I can't wait for a round two. I know, I'm excited. Especially because the original trilogy has so much dumb legends. Oh. You know, because they just had so much time to build up. Man, you're going to find the smallest detail on the tiniest character. I bet you that little mouse droid's got a whole history. Yeah. I also took the the idea of Klieg Lars being stranded from the Force, intentionally doing that, from 
the R5 unit that explodes in A New Hope, <laughs> yeah. having the connection to the Force and exploding specifically so R2-D2 would be chosen. That's what we're working with here, folks. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, that wraps it up for this episode. Stay tuned next week. Doing the original trilogy. Yep. So yeah, this is kind of also like a little bit of an experiment for us, too, to see if we can get more content out. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm kind of shooting for one regular, still doing a regular monthly episode, and then just having, like, maybe two weeks later, or whatever, just to fill in the void. Mm-hmm. Doing a general discussion. Yeah. We'll find a topic. Not even, maybe it could not even be movie related. Maybe it's comics or yeah. games or something. We'll just talk about something. Yeah. Maybe we'll need your help, Dongles. Oh, send in some uh, requests. What do you want us to talk about? Yeah. Speaking of uh, sending stuff in, if you want to send in some funny fake that, yes. Wikipedia Please things, do. Send them on in. Send in, a, send in some fake ones. We'll read them over here. Mm-hmm. Should be fun. Yeah. So yeah, if you ever want to get a hold of us for anything else, too, got any questions or anything like that, just write on in to CorruptedYouthPod at gmail.com. Oh, yeah. We should start a Net service. <laughs> catch us on the Holonet. Yeah. But you can't catch us on the Holonet, so you're just going to have to catch us on our new home, Podbean. Podbean, hi. Welcome to our new home, Podbean. Apple Podcasts. Spoofy. The Spotify, yes. Yeah. And probably more places. I don't know. It seems like they're just, it's available all over the place. Just give us a, give us a listen. Give us five stars. And you know what, if you don't, then we're just going to cut you off. <laughs> Feel free to rate and review us wherever you listen. And um, special thanks to our fellow podcasters, too for their support and friendship over the years. Well, that wraps things up. Thank you, Doggles. Hang in there. Tearing me apart, Annie.